0: Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June 2024. Good luck.
1: Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care.
0: From the Evening Standard in London, I'm David Marsland and this is The Leader. Continuing our series of looking back at some of our favourite episodes, here's the Evening Standard's Jimmy Famuera talking to Professor Green about mental health, food banks and tone-deaf influencers in Dubai. It's in February 2021. (laughs) Professor Green, musician, documentarian restaurant owner the 37 year old from hackney is hard to define which makes him fascinating to speak to the evening standards jimmy Famuera caught up with him for the latest edition in our lockdown sessions they talk about the impact of the pandemic on our mental health how our young people are losing out on valuable life lessons by not seeing their friends and the launch of his pop-up pizza house giz and green in shoreditch which opened in the middle of the covid crisis An extended video version of this interview is available on our YouTube channel. Just search for The Evening Standard.
2: For today's lockdown sessions conversation, I'm joined, I'm very happy to say, by Professor Green, a.k.a. Stephen Manderson. How are you?
3: Stephen Manderson, a.k.a. Professor Green, whichever way around.
2: Stephen Manderson, a.k.a. Professor Green.
3: (laughs) 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 It's funny, I get called Stephen more now than I do pro.
2: Um, I know yeah I was gonna say I was gonna ask that which do you which do you prefer
3: Oh Stephen I'm not like Meatloaf who walks around insisting on being called meat which I I do kind of love when I got the name Professor Green at 18 it was funny because people who knew me as Stephen would call me pro P and then as I started to do well in music much later on some 10 years later um I've definitely done my 10,000 hours
2: yeah definitely
3: like who I didn't know calling me by my government, going Stephen, that like, on the roads, and I turn around and be like, like I felt I always felt like I was in trouble instantly. You know yeah. what I mean? And I'm like, do I know you? Not in a rude way, but like because you, uh, yeah, yeah. Me, like, you know, it was weird. Yeah, people, like, yeah
2: it like, seems like it brings a familiarity, but, yeah,
3: um, but that's I guess that's that's my fault for being so personable.
2: <laughs> I think so, yeah. But you you joke, but you are personable, and you are. A amazing uh, advocate for better conversations about, among many things, mental health. And that was, um, that's something that we want to be the focus of this conversation. And you've, you know, as well as being a musician, you've been the figurehead of these acclaimed documentaries and films that have tackled everything from Child poverty to suicide and to the white working class and disenfranchised men in the UK. Um, obviously, we are talking over Zoom. We are in the midst of the third lockdown. That um, it's had a. I don't think anyone could argue that it's it's had a detrimental effect on people's mental health. How do we go about looking towards solutions and making sure that the that the pain that's already already been caused isn't you know. Um, isn't furthered as we kind of continue to work our way through this thing. I think it's incredibly challenging.
3: I think what we're going to see is the continuing effects of what this is, what this has caused as far as people's mental health and, and well-being. You know, people yeah. have lost their lives, people have lost their relatives. I mean, it's going to be incredibly difficult to manage. I think encouraging people to seek help is is important, but it's facilitating the people that need help. That's going to be the challenge. You know, you look at how overstretched our services are now. My partner's sister is, um, she's a surgeon on the NHS and the hospitals are, you know, people are doing double shifts, you know, they're being moved from, because there's no elected surgeries, they're being moved into A&E and they're, they're, they're having to work double shifts.
2: How do you, how do you think that there's a lot of talk at the moment, particularly about, um, young uh, children and missing out on school and the things that you miss out on just from kind of attending classes in person and people falling through the cracks
3: I mean as far as you know education people can catch up I think if you were Mm. if you were in an exam year it's probably had more of an impact yeah Uh, I think education wise people can catch up but I think the lessons we we learn from each other as kids, you know, uh, are what people are missing out on. I mean, imagine being a kid and being, you know, it, the fear of, of contact.
2: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And
3: not being able to see their grandparents. Why is it not okay for me to hug Nan? Why is it yeah. not okay for me to hug granddad?
2: Yeah.
3: You know, why can't I see my friends? What questions, you know, you can answer for children, but they don't really have the tools to, to, to navigate this situation in, in a way that we do as adults. Yeah. With that said, it's hard enough as an adult. You know, yeah. you can say, oh, the kids, they're oblivious, they're sponges, they're absorbing all of this. Um, and it's probably, I can imagine it's quite stressful for everyone that's having to homeschool or, or everyone that has the fear of, you know, people who are working on the front line. My partner's sister, she has mm-hmm. a child, he has to go to nursery. So she's working on the front line, he's going to nursery. Someone comes, yeah. you know, there's, there's so, there's, I think, the, there's just a lot of fear everywhere. Yeah, Not not helped by repeatedly being bashed over the head every time you turn the news on with, you know, figures, horrible, horrible figures without any context.
2: Yeah, it's it's kind of unrelenting. And I think that's the real um, noticeable thing about this particular lockdown, that there's no kind of end in sight. And we're kind of trying to, to find bits of hope wherever we can. You mentioned there, um, homeschooling, that's definitely something that, you know, we've had to navigate in my house and uh, trying to work at the same time and everything's happening in the same space, in the same room. Um, so that's definitely something that I have found challenging to say the least. And it makes
3: um, you end up having a weird, weird relationship with your house because this was solace, you know? This this, this was my, my safe place. This was where when I shut the door, Rest of the world stayed outside. um Obviously, I have to like I, I work on music and stuff at home, and I, it, there's bits that I'll do at home. But largely, I was able to to do most of my work elsewhere. Yeah. Um, now, it, it, you know, I, I don't want to associate home with the stresses of work, of which there are many. You know, be it a gulp or giz and Greens, they're two startups. There's a hell of a lot of work that has to be done, and it's stressful. And then that has an Impact on your relationship because you're coming off of a phone which just stressed you out and you wouldn't normally have that conversation in earshot of your partner no, let alone no. straight away then have the conversation and relay everything that's just happened on it and then it's like this stuff shouldn't be bleeding into our relationship so you've got people at home who are suffering all of these things I mean we're lucky we have space but we are still somewhat on top of each other right which is just different it's a really we're going to look back on it and be happy that we were able to spend this much time together because there'll probably never be another time in our lives. when we will, but I don't need to say that it it doesn't present issues. And for people in, you know, and I think about how I grew up, there were six of us in a three bedroom flat. If I was in that situation now, how would I, would I navigate that?
2: There's a growing feeling that there should be money devoted to well being, just kind of making sure that everyone's kind of okay in terms of the, the trauma that, that we've all kind of gone through varying degrees and sort of, I wonder, do you think that that's, that's something that, that should be, that should be put in place? And, and is it as, is it as simple as his money? Um, no, you know?
3: nothing never is, is it? Hmm. Nothing Throwing money at stuff is, is never, never, you know I mean? It's a, obviously things cost money. So to facilitate the support that people are going to need, we're going to need money, but just throwing money at something doesn't, I mean, it, I just think we, you know, we all too often we, we 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 have a government that will be seen to be doing just enough to be seen to be doing something, but never actually doing quite enough. You know, I've I've heard I've heard politicians say they're proud of our food banks. It wasn't something that made me very happy mm-hmm. when I heard that. that we? I'm I'm proud of the people that volunteer.
0: Yeah. And I
3: was at uh, a food bank in Streatham recently um and it's the size it's a, um i forget the name of the church but it's the size of a small supermarket but most of the donations are personal donations right wow they're not from corporation hmm. um, most of their workers are volunteers hmm. they have 150 people working there yeah. you know? yeah. and they cannot facilitate half of the demand
2: yeah yeah
3: and this is not people i think there's like there's a real sort of like there's a really sort of shallow parody of of the working class and and of those less privileged mm. and the picture of someone who uses a food bank. yeah, yeah The reality yeah. of it is much different. In part two of our exclusive chat with Professor Green, Jimmy talks to him about the launch
0: of Giz and Green. Let's do an ad break now. Hit subscribe to hear the leader every day at 4pm. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up.
1: Wherever you get your podcasts, thanks for listening.
0: In this part of our lockdown session with Professor Green, Jimmy talks to him about the negative effects of social media on our mental health and why he opened a restaurant during a pandemic. Jimmy is the Evening Standard's chief food critic,
2: after all. Positive things that you can do and ways yeah. to build up or maintain a social network at this time and get that kind of interaction with people. And it does seem that... Giz and Greens, which was born from your um, Monday night fake away, was it?
3: Uh, yeah, when I was stuck in Morocco and Gizzy was teaching yeah. me how to, to make all of my favourite takeaways. So uh,
2: this is skin and, it's, and it's kind of transformed into something that, I mean, uh, how is it, what has this been like for you, like personally, to have come through this experience with a new kind of line of, you're, you're now a restauranteur and now you're a kind I of, uh,
3: I feel so, 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 so lucky. We opened the restaurant right in between, I think it was between the first and the second lockdown. And I thought we were, we, I was like, Gizzy, we're crazy. And she was like, we're doing it. Cause we were gonna build a, we were gonna start out with a pizza delivery business. So it was gonna be a virtual brand and delivery only. And then we got the opportunity to do the pop-up at Paso on Old Street. I was like, this is a big old place. Like, are you sure we should be opening a pizza pop up in the middle of a pandemic? He's like, we're doing it. Like, okay. All right. I'm going to follow your lead on this one. And it would, you know what? It actually went in our favor because we didn't have to do any work in the restaurant as far as socially distancing people because it was so big that people were by default socially distanced. Yeah. We sold over 16,000 pizzas in two months. It was <laughs> insane. Like, the response to it. And, you know, it's a, it's a, it, it's quite a refined pizza. You know, It is we use a, a rye bigger, proper sourdough. It's, it's proof for two days at uh, the bread station where we get our dough from in Hackney. Um, you know, so we were able to facilitate. It, at the same time, it wasn't just about us having success as a restaurant. We were able to unfurlough people. Yeah. We were able to give people business. And this is what's forgotten, right? I saw a meme the other day about the hospitality industry being to blame for the snow or something and I was like it was it's been you know the hospitality industry is such a huge contribution to this Mm. country and actually is it's quite weird when you think about the places where COVID is spreading versus the places they've shut down because actually when you're forced to sit in a restaurant that is socially distance than people are obeying rules it it seems we, yeah uh, yeah it yeah. really makes sense to me that
2: yeah well I think that the point was there about unfurlowing people and then giving them a sense of um, calm and sort of helping their mental health and enabling them to sort of be able to work and, and contribute and it seems like for you it was really important as well in terms of being able to be active and to be able to do something and something born from born yeah. from crisis really like and and that you know what,
3: though, that's been the story of my life Jimmy that's that's literally everything in my life has been born from crisis almost yeah. almost everything <laughs> um, it's it's yeah I guess it's one of it's probably one of my better talents yeah yeah taking, taking something yeah. bad and 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 putting a positive spin on it
2: where do you fall on the side of social media and its kind of impact on people's mental well being at this time and sort of the use of it. And personally, how have you navigated it? Obviously you're, you know, you've got a huge, huge following on Twitter and Instagram, especially, and it's clearly given you so much, but do you have a love hate with it? Do you kind of turn it off sometimes forcibly?
3: I I've, social media is a bit like a gun, <laughs> bear, bear with me. A gun doesn't kill anyone on its own. You know, it has to be picked picked up, aimed and, and fired, doesn't it? Social media is something that we choose to use. I don't think it in itself is negative. I, I hope in the years to come, we're going to look back and think, Jesus, we had this incredible way of connecting everyone on the planet and we used it so, so, so stupidly for vanity and for, you know, it was completely mispurposed and then we'll get it right because it is wonderful right there's there's no doubt about it when used correctly it is one of the most incredible things in the world but then there's like you have all of almost everything at your fingertips and you end up looking at bloody videos of cats that are scared of cucumbers my cat by the way is not scared of cucumbers i tried to scare her with one and she she wasn't scared
2: sure, yeah um, great content if she was right but- <laughs>
3: but most searched thing on the internet apparently yeah. cats and babies yeah. um but yeah. i think it's a listen i think it comes down to consumption man like if you've seen supersize me you know what happens if you have mcdonald's every for every meal every day it's no good for you um yeah. my great grandmother always used to say a little bit of what you like won't hurt you mm. sort of true over time mm. things you know can accumulate and they, they they will um but i think it is down to 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 your control of your consumption, mm-hmm. um, it's like the news. You know, I, I don't watch the news as often as I would normally because I, I cannot bear to be affected yeah. the way I didn't realise I was and in, was initially because it was so negative. You can't yeah. watch something that negative and that repetitive and not be affected by it. So for my own well-being. I switched off. I like being up to date on current affairs, but I choose which channels I use to to keep up to date on things outside of Corona. Yeah. Yeah. I can't bear to see the numbers and statistics the most. I think the one thing that we could all encourage each other to do is just take care of each other. If there's any good to come from it, it's, you know, maybe we made an effort to look after each other.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's
3: kind of weird, it's the first time in our lifetimes that the entire world has suffered the same thing at the same time. And I don't know, we don't feel any more connected.
2: Same situation, you were stuck at home, you were sort of going through it at a time when a lot of people in the public eye have kind of... We're in Dubai. Yes, exactly, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, to, to sort of maybe play devil's advocate for a moment, we're talking about mental health and people struggling a lot of people will probably they might say that oh they needed that or they were in a bad place or whatever like how do you kind of approach that As someone in the public eye and obviously we've seen a few celebrities and notable people get in trouble for kind of not necessarily following the rules in the same way like how have you navigated that through this time and how do you feel about people the the sort of the dubai set that kind of uh, seemingly uh, went off there and camped out there to sort of
3: uh, I just think i am gonna be I'm gonna be honest yeah and did, did listen there's people I know that this might offend but I think people are tone deaf hmm. yeah like are you not looking at what's going on in the rest of the world same way enjoy yourself do what you're doing and do what you can do right that's that's all any of us can do really and yeah. I, I get that side of it but same way I think like it, it just some of it just feels a bit tone deaf like People are, are suffering. Like people are suffering anyway, way before COVID. You know what I mean? Like, and I just, I, I just, yeah, I think sometimes people lose track of the vibe a little yeah. bit. They get a little bit,
2: yeah,
3: a little bit lost as to what the actual, the that's, kind of that's the, point the
2: that's the point at which your background glitches out and it reveals that you're actually in like abu dhabi or like you're uh, on a on a beach somewhere and you
3: hey <laughs> i would i would love nothing more than to than to be on a beach but mm-hmm. it's it's not the time for it man yeah it's yeah. not the time for it you know i i i do as, as much as i have to and as little as i have to if that makes sense
2: yeah
3: yeah. I think, well, I mean, the most, I think the one thing that we could all encourage each other to do is just take care of each other. If there's any good to come from it, it's, a, you know, maybe we made an effort to look after each other.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
3: It's kind of weird. It's the first time in our lifetimes that the entire world has suffered the same thing at the same time. And I don't know, we don't feel any more connected.
0: And that's the leader. If you've been affected by anything in this edition, there is help out there. Call Mind on 0300 123 3393. That's 0300 123 3393. The leader is back tomorrow at 4 pm.
1: Hi, I'm Lawrence Tallallaglio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance.